0: hello there and welcome to the bitcoin takeover podcast i am vlad and you are listening to season six episode eight with a special guest whose name is pavel luptak he comes from the czech republic or slovakia i'm not sure which one but he is an og cypherpunk who knows how how to encrypt and how to hide his ip address so we will not know where he is based he is a crypto anarchist he is a co-founder of Parallel Nepolis, which means the parallel city-state, if I'm not mistaken. Polis comes from Greek, which was describing citadels, actually, in ancient Greece. And what else should I say? He is also writing a book about how you can use cryptographic tools and digital cryptographic money to live a more sovereign life. And this weekend, he's organizing the Parallel Nepalis Hackers Congress, which is going to be the biggest ever. And it's also going to be the first one that's online. So if you want to get your tickets and you want to join the conference and possibly ask questions and interact with the guests, then you can actually do it on the website, which is in the description of this video. But now let's just talk about the conference, about what you're up to. So. Hi, Pavel, and I'm going to call you Wilder because you were introduced to me by Max, and Max was also here two episodes ago, and he was always calling you Wilder, and I think that's a lot more fun. (laughs) Uh,
1: Thanks a lot for the introduction, Vlad. Uh, Maybe I should say that in my situation, it's a bit complicated. I'm like a perpetual traveler. So uh, at, at this time, I'm the citizen of Slovakia, and I don't have residency. I don't have residency in Europe Union. You know, I have residency in in uh, Panama and now in Paraguay. So I am the resident of Paraguay and Panama, uh, staying in Czech, uh, Czech Republic with a Slovak citizenship. So a bit crazy combination, but probably the best for me uh, for me or for my personal situation so uh you are right uh, we are organizing the HTPP congress uh, which means exactly hackers Congress paranipolis it's uh it's any anniversary party uh seven, uh, seven years birthday party so uh, we created paranipolis exactly seven years ago and uh, this weekend we are going to celebrate uh our existence so we are alive seven years we are completely pure pure uh, Bitcoin or crypto only uh, coffee place, or not only coffee place, but uh, because Policy consists of uh, Bitcoin coffee, Paper Hub, Institute of Anarchy, and so so with the, it, it consists of multiple different uh, projects, and uh, we decided in the beginning we decided to be crypto only, so uh, we, ref- we refuse and we always refuse to accept uh, fiat money. And this congress is pretty unique because, uh, despite the fact that uh, we are now in a very difficult pandemic times, we still decided to organize it like a smaller version in a physical uh, uh, physical place, and at the same time, we we uh, we decided to or, to to do completely online uh, online version. So, for the first time in the history of HTTP Congress, again, you can watch HTTP uh, Congress uh, online. Uh, like recently, a few days ago, we uh, launched uh, sales of HTTP online tickets. Uh, I think that thanks to these podcasts, you can also uh, uh, receive a special voucher, discount voucher, uh, if you want to buy cheap HTTP uh, Congress tickets. And this congress is quite unique because uh, every year we have some unique topic, and this year is digital totality. And what is kind of interesting is uh, that we decided to choose this topic even uh, like a few months before like a COVID pandemic. And uh, after COVID pandemic, we realized that this topic is like a more topical. Uh, Than we we thought uh, before, because uh, thanks to government intervention during this pandemic, uh, we can see that uh, privacy, like overall digital privacy of many uh, many people, is decreasing. And and for example, I can I can describe a situation. For example, in my home country, which is Slovakia, in Slovakia uh, they approved the the law, according which uh, Slovak mobile operators they have to provide the information or location of their uh, citizen to uh, the state institution, some specific state institution, without uh, the court order. Uh, so it's quite likely that this law will uh, this law will be like an anti-constitutional. But uh, we can see that even in a like a civilized Europe, we can see really crazy intervention to, to privacy of many people. And at HGPP Congress, we just want to reflect what is just happening with the privacy of, uh, of all citizens, not in dictatorship countries, like many people may, may um, expect, but in, in a Western Europe or the Western world. Um, and unfortunately, it's really bad. So that's exactly what what is the main topic. Uh, We've wrote HGPP 20 manifesto, so, uh, we sent this manifesto to multiple different speakers. Now we have more than 40 confirmed speakers from uh, many different countries. Probably half of them, like in the past, it was, it was like a physical meeting, but this uh, Congress, it will be a bit different because of pandemic. So, half of all speakers, they will have an uh, online presentation, and but half of them, they still will come to Prague and will have their physical presentation here in Parávnypolis and La Fabrica which is uh, the really big place uh, where a lot of people feed and can enjoy their presentation.
0: You know, I actually have, and my face is very red right now, I actually have a funny story about last year's conference because I was supposed to come. I was working for Bitcoin magazine at the time, and my editor told me that she was in contact with someone from the organizing team And I was about to come, but they told me in the last minute that I have to guarantee that I can do free interviews on video at the conference or else they're not going to pay for my travel expenses. So I was not able to score free interviews by emailing some of the speakers in the last minute. I only scored two of them and I didn't come. And I kind of regretted it because I wanted to see Prague, I wanted to see parallel uh, parallel Nepalis. And I saw you guys in Berlin, and you're kind of like the cool guys giving out coffee and hot chocolate for one Satoshi via Lightning Network. And I think that was one of the coolest concepts that I saw at the Lightning Conference in Berlin last October.
1: Yeah, we are big fans of Lightning Networks. Uh, so for example, uh, basically like all tickets, all merch, all, all products we offer, it's possible to buy with Lightning. And not only Lightning, but also Monero or Litecoin, and Bitcoin of course. So, so uh, one of about uh, one of internal projects of policy is Blastcomat. Maybe you know the project Blastcomat, which is unique um, Bitcoin Lightning ATM machine. So basically, you can exchange easy, easily your your fiat money with the Bitcoin Lightning. So it's a really nice project. So we we we, we really like Bitcoin Lightning.
0: Yeah, and I can see on your website that even outside of the conference, you have all sorts of activities that you do at Parallel Nepalis, and some of them include an Institute of Crypto Anarchy, and you have a coffee shop and all sorts of concepts and activities.
1: Yeah, like Parallel uh, Nepalis. Uh, recently, uh, we switched to private club because private clubs in Prague are less regulated than the normal public spaces, like public um, coffee place, for example. Uh, so now we are like a normal private club uh, and we have like some membership. Um, anybody can become a member of Paralympolis. Anybody can um, become a member of Paper Hub, which is a co-working space. So uh, we are the only crypto co-working space in Prague and um, what is necessary to say that Prague is a crypto city? So the the biggest crypto companies in the world, like Satoshi Lab or General Bytes, the producers of, uh, uh, for example, Bitcoin Trezor or the, the most sold uh, Bitcoin ATM machine, are basically Czech companies. And it also uh, means that in Prague we have like hundreds of Bitcoin ATM machines, which is uh, which means that if you want to buy or if you want to sell your crypto. Uh, You can do that easily anywhere in Prague. So uh, if if you want to switch completely to crypto regime, crypto mode, and be able to survive from crypto only, Prague is the best city, probably.
0: Yeah, I think my colleague Colin Harper was actually on a mission to try to live only on Bitcoin for a week in Europe. And when he came to Prague, I think he had the easiest time. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like for example, uh, the biggest uh, e shop. Um, okay, I'm not going to tell the name of this e shop, but the biggest e shop selling practically anything, like a Czech version of Amazon, basically. Uh, they accept crypto, so and also del- like a food delivery system. So, so if you just care about like a uh, online stuff. You can you can easily leave from crypto only. So. Prague is a really comfortable place to live for crypto.
0: Is it specifically Prague, or is it the rest of the Czech Republic?
1: Is it? Uh, I think it's specifically Prague because also also like in you know, smaller cities, like for example Brno, you can find many um, uh, many shops or many providers uh, who accept crypto. But especially everything is concentrated in Prague. Uh, I mean, crypto crypto companies. Or uh, crypto startups so it's mainly about about Prague
0: okay so let's get back to the conference and the concept of the conference because it's the biggest that you have done so far and it's mainly due to the fact that you can have so many guests to fill so many time slots across three days
1: yeah um, um, like organizing this conference was especially difficult during these times because a lot of speakers they cancel their presentation because of a pandemic. A lot of uh, speakers they switch from uh, their physical presentation to online presentation. Uh, like every. Every hour, we are doing some changes to uh, the to, to final schedule, and that's the reason also uh, we we have the final schedule, like we have almost final schedule for the last few uh, for for the last few weeks, but we have we have, uh, we have not uh, re- released it yet because it's changing like all the time, but we don't know what we want. We would like to freeze it in the following hours and and uh, publish it maybe tomorrow. So. But you, you should definitely expect uh, a very uh, rich program, uh, a lot of interesting presentation. For the first time in the history of the HTtp Congress, um, in addition to presentation, uh, we we decided to launch uh, like a, a, a sovereignty workshop, uh, which are focused on digital privacy, how to uh, gain independence from the government, from the state, uh, and. So so I strongly recommend you to check the workshop we are offering. And this workshop will be uh, like all three days from Friday until Sunday. And also, what is quite unique, we will have HTTP TV, which will be completely public, uh, stream at YouTube. So uh, there there will be a lot of interviews, uh, selection of the best presentations. And at the same time, if you... uh, If you bought the normal HTTP ticket, or uh, if you bought online ticket, you will get special access to uh, like full online content. I mean, all presentation uh, from all uh, like presentation rooms at the same time. So and so technically, what I can say compared to the previous years, technically this is like an extra level. So we really. Uh, We had a lot of technical issues, but I hope until the end of this week we will be able to solve them and you should expect high-quality crypto conference.
0: Yeah, right now I'm looking at the website and I see the list of workshops. And you have pretty much everything from learning how to secure your computer, which sovereignty applications you should use, how to browse privately using Firefox, Decentralize yourself and avoid digital totalitarian control, how to set and build your own ATM for Lightning Network, how to earn and live on Bitcoin, how to use Bitcoin wallets, how to buy from a decentralized Bitcoin exchange, how to use a hardware wallet, how to build your own hardware wallet, which is even nicer set up multi-sig applied bitcoin privacy i think max hillbrand is going to host that one using lightning network running lightning network privately set up your business to accept bitcoin and lightning payments what is the cost of participating in these seminars
1: um like what do you mean exactly cost from from uh, what side like a Uh, for, for example like if you, you if you mean this workshop can be bought separately uh, separately so you, you i i think that at this moment you can you can buy online access to workshop uh, workshop only uh and if you buy the normal HTTP online ticket uh, which uh, is offered for 4000 check crowns but we are offering a lot of 50% voucher discounts you are you to have it for two thousand Czech crowns, which is about seventy euros approximately. And uh, in this price, everything is included. I mean, the access to online workshop, including access uh, to all presentations, stream presentation. Um, you don't need to buy the ticket if you want to have access only to HTTP TV, uh, which will be completely pub, uh, like public, public channel. So yeah, so 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 the price for online content is about like a, more or less, 70 euros.
0: That's really nice because you get one ticket, which is about 60, 70 euro, and you get access to all of the content and all of the workshops and all of the presentations. And you also said that there's going to be a free live stream on YouTube. Uh, Yes, exactly,
1: exactly. So, so, So the thing is that we want to target like most people, you know, like, uh, not only like some, the, like a mainstream. Um, despite the fact that we are like a pretty unique conference, uh, so for us, we, we are really strict in uh, choosing presentation. For example, we do not allow any uh, commercial ventures-based presentations. So all presentations they have to be like technical. For example, or they can be like some kind of like, crypto is like ideological in some way. Uh, we don't accept any commercial or vendor-based presentation, and so we really try to keep the quality of this conference. And um, also, also um, especially in case of like uh, online access, we would be happy if like a hundred thousand people uh, can access uh, uh, this conference and enjoy the presentation. So.
0: So, what's the difference essentially? Why should one pay the ticket? Is there an extra benefit that you get when you buy the ticket as opposed to just freeloading on the live stream? Yeah, like a normal ticket.
1: Okay, so so this conference for many people it's not only about the presentation but about the like a physical physical meetings because the like HDP Congress has really unique atmosphere and everybody who ever Attended our conference, um, knows that uh, this is like the hpp the Congress in Parallel Police and La Fabrica has really unique atmosphere. Uh, uh, so, so when you use when you buy like normal regular tickets, you will you will get like a physical access to the conference. So, uh, you can you can chat with the local crypto anarchists and our local uh, local visitors, and these people are really interesting. So For example, especially now when uh, there will be maybe just 250 or maybe 300 physical people, uh, you can expect that these people who decided to come physically to Prague despite all of these, uh, like a COVID pandemic issues, so these uh, people will be really interesting and uh, like. As every year, basically, and uh, you basically pay for the environment, and uh, because like organizing this conference is quite expensive, and still we are we we are we are looking for sponsors, and we are trying to boost our sales of the tickets because like a uh, average budget for this conference, uh, I'm when I'm not considering like payments, any, any people, like everything is basically because almost all of the, all, all of us are, are just volunteers. So we organize this conference for free. And uh, despite all of it, the ex- expected budget is probably is about two million or two and a half million of Czech crowns, which is about 100,000 euros. So it's quite a lot of money and we just, we at least, our goal is at least to cover our expenses. We don't need to be uh, in profit. It'll be like extra benefit, of course, but we want to try uh, to cover expenses. And especially this year, it's a big challenge and we hope we'll manage it.
0: Okay, so to people watching this and listening to it, possibly when I upload it on Spotify and iTunes, what is their incentive except for helping you cover the costs to pay for a ticket and attend all of the workshops, watch all the presentations, you know, as opposed to watching on YouTube for free. Yeah.
1: So so, so the thing is that um, together with our like online tickets, for example, you can buy uh, some merchandise. Uh, we are offering t-shirts, uh, mugs, you know, like phew, a lot of different merch. And and also uh, today, uh, this is quite interesting to say, like every year, uh, we, we sell one ticket, like we call it like a HTTP lifetime ticket for one Bitcoin. And uh, usually it's sold in a, f- in a few hours. So some, someone who really wants to support us, uh, just buys, uh, this ticket and also today, uh, we have just launched, uh, the, this HTTP lifetime ticket for one Bitcoin. It's just one. So when you buy this ticket, you will have. Uh, guaranteed uh, access to all HEP conferences in the future. So, this ticket, this HEP ticket is basically focused or targeted for these Bitcoin whales <laughs> or Bitcoin millionaires who, who want to support us.
0: Yeah, and let's talk about the guests that will be able what? to watch the guests. August. Okay. I'm looking at the list of guests right now, and I can see that you have Fluffy Pony, who, despite being very much involved in Monero, is also a hardcore Bitcoiner and has been for a long time. Mm-hmm. And who else is around here? I'm looking at this list. Oh, you have mm, Brave The World from Twitter. His Her re- real name is Julia, but it's really nice that you get to have her do a presentation. Mm-hmm. And also Alexandra Moxin. I actually co-hosted an event with her during the halving. You are one of the speakers and Max Hillbrand is one of the speakers. And Keto Miner, who is one of the designers and creators of the Nodal full node solution. He's also a speaker. And Traven Keefe. I met him in Cluj last year, very nice guy. He's going to actually do one of the workshops on how to get more sovereignty. And Maybe. okay, so which guest gets you most excited? Uh, I know this is kind of a hard question to answer, but do you have any kind of guests that you just can't wait to listen?
1: Okay, so, so, so for example, uh, one of the guests who is not like a many uh, m- too much famous in crypto community is alexander Bart, and uh, he's swedish and he, this guy is really interesting because he uh, he he founded really famous swedish pop band in the in the beginning of the 90s uh, the name of this um, pop band is called army of love uh, army of lovers and uh, this was like a super hit in uh, Czechoslovakia in the, in the beginning of the 90s. And this guy, uh, he basically, he became a philosopher. And uh, he is covering a lot of interesting topics about decentralization, for example, also crypto, uh, internet revolution. So, so And I, I did an interview with this, uh, with this guy, Alexander Bard, and I was super impressed. Uh, so I strongly recommend, for example, this guy, which is not famous to crypto community, but it's extremely interesting speaker. I also appreciate, for example, uh, David Friedman, the son of Milton Friedman. David Friedman is um, the author of the cult book, um, which was uh, which is which is called uh, "Missionary Freedom." He published this book like almost fifty years ago, and it's probably the bible about. Uh, decentralized legal system uh, without, the, uh, without the government, which is, which is becoming more uh, interesting in these days when we have decentralized platforms like Kleros, for example. Uh, so, so David Freeman is also quite interesting guy. Also, I really uh, love our regular speakers, uh from Berlin and from the, from the US. Uh, our regular speakers are, for example, Frank Brown, uh, Smuggler from Berlin, uh, and also Paul Rosenberg, Paul Rosenberg from uh, from Chicago, uh, and these these three speakers they have every year they have super interesting presentations. So I recommend you all these stable speakers, and also we have, we will have a lot of interesting uh, speakers from the local Czech uh, community. For example, Pavla Holsova, he's the uh, she's the best. Uh, uh, Czech journalist, um, uh, responsible for revealing a lot of mafia uh, mafia scandals. Also, we'll have uh, uh, some people involved in artificial artificial intelligence, um, local crypto people. So, a lot of speakers, and usually the the typical problem uh, most people have with the HTTP Congress is that that we have just too many speakers having the super interesting presentation at the same time so they can, they cannot choose which uh, like which presentation they should visit so this is like a typical problem yeah and also on friday on friday in the uh, in the evening we are going to uh, uh, we are going to make like um, projection of of the uh, Czechoslovak or the, the film about Czechoslovakian crypto community on on Saturday in, in the evening we, we, we are going to have auction of uh, gold physical silver of Aaron Schwarz so this is quite interesting like like there will be like auction of this every year we we print and issue the coin which is dedicated to some uh, like digi- like freedom fighters. So uh, this year it will be Snowden. So it, is, it will be possible to buy silver coins of Snowden. And at the same time, we are going to launch this auction of gold uh, coin uh, with Aaron uh, uh, Schwartz. So, yeah, a lot of interesting things.
0: Uh, you made me look at Army of Lovers. Obviously, yeah, I cannot listen to Crucified right now, which is their biggest hit.
1: You, you, know, you, know, the, you know this uh, band and probably song. So this is quite interesting that someone who was uh, who was one of the singers in this pop band like 30 years ago. Now he is basically a crypto anarchist, uh, promoting Bitcoin <laughs> and crypto technology. So it's quite interesting, yeah. (laughs) And um, especially in uh, post-Soviet Union or or post-socialistic countries like Romania or Czechoslovakia, this band was super popular.
0: I will have to listen because the name doesn't ring a bell. In Romania, I think more popular bands were like Modern Talking and CC Catch and all of that terrible disco music.
1: Like, like this band was responsible for uh, like a bisexual musical revolution in in the '90s, and I'm more than sure that you will you will know uh, you you know these songs.
0: Okay. Anyway, it's interesting because if you check the Wikipedia page, so he has a Wikipedia page, Alexander Berg, or Bard. I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name, but. He was a judge on Pop Idol in Sweden after his musical career. But he has also written three books on the internet revolution, collectively known as the Futurica Trilogy, together with media theorist Jan Söder something. So yeah, and he's also involved in politics he also he, he also created his own church for
1: example <laughs> so after each book he published like some uh, he, he he gets uh, he gains a lot of followers and yeah he's a super interesting guy so i attended his presentation uh, last weekend I, I was really impressed
0: so yeah so look out for alexander bard on the guest list
1: Uh, he's like a very controversial uh, big celebrity in sweden
0: okay so i i hope that gives you more exposure and a lot more people are going to tune in to parallel Nepal's hackers congress just to hear him speak okay so you don't have a comment on that one let's move on And I'm still looking at the guest list. I see that you have Eric S. Raymond, who is an internet developer and writer. Mm.
1: Uh, He's like a very famous open source developer. I think he was involved in development of Emacs, for example. Uh, And he also uh, created a lot of Unix or Linux tools. Most Linux users, they use daily. So uh, he's like, the same popular or the same famous in this open source community, like Richard Stallman, for example. If you know Richard Stallman, so Irvo is very, very popular, he's a geek guy.
0: Yeah, so you have computer science people, you have AI people, you have privacy people, you have YouTubers and you have an architect. and. An inv- investigative reporter, someone who is into robotics, or a member of Bordel. What is Bordel?
1: <laughs> it's a hackerspace. It's a it's a part of policies and it's like a vulgar, uh, expressive name of hackerspace we have now in Paraninfoleis. Borde, Bordel in a Czechoslovak language it just means mess. So, because inside of hackerspace, is a hackerspace. Inside of this hackerspace, it looks like, like a mess.
0: Oh, really? Because bordel means something else in Romanian.
1: Yeah, we also uh, know this, this second, <laughs> second meaning. Uh, but especially in this context, it means just like a mess. Yeah.
0: Okay. So in a nutshell, this is the kind of conference that's not necessarily Bitcoin only. You're not going to hear the regular topics that are being discussed at Bitcoin conferences like Schnorr, like scaling, like lightning stuff. You'll hear a lot of opinions on how to live autonomously in relation to the government and how to use tools that empower yourself in relation to your government and there are lots of famous people from their fields, and it's very diverse in terms of topics.
1: And that's the goal. Maybe, maybe I should um, like mention that uh, the goal of HTTP Congress is not to be like a typical Bitcoin conference. Uh, our goal is freedom. We love crypto technologies, but for us, crypto technology is just a liberation tool. So, so but the, the goal is freedom and also the the, the, the whole conference it, uh, was done in such a way that uh, we are we are promoting presentation uh, whose goal is to uh, is freedom or to ach- achieving freedom so uh, so we are crypto anarchists so, so we consider crypto not as an investment like many people consider for example but for us it's a liberation tool. And so that's why we are cryptonarchists and why this conference is a crypto, basically a cryptonarchistic conference, and why we also reflect the topic of digital totality.
0: I was about to ask you: Did Parallel Nepalis ever face any sort of legal backlash from any government?
1: We are we are nonstop uh, facing some legal. Issues with the government. So, for example, recent one is that Czech National Bank, uh, according to the Czech law, they have a monopoly over using the word "coin." So, for example, in the Czech Republic, if you want to provide any services, any products, and you want to, and uh, you you, you use the word "coin" uh, in your product or service description, you cannot do that because uh, the Czech National. I, I know that it's. It looks really stupid, but Czech National uh, National Bank, they have a monopoly over the using coin. Which in in, in uh, the Czech language it's, it's mince. So we can us, we can just use this mince at our website. And because, and I told you before that we are issuing, we are printing these uh, silver and and gold coins with the uh, freedom fighters, and we. Cannot officially offer these coins and call uh, call them like the coins, just because the, the Czech National Bank uh, has a has a monopoly over, over the, using the word coin. So, for example, so now we have like a quite big uh, legal conflict with uh, Czech National Bank. Uh, they uh, send us the penalty, which is about fifty or sixty thousand Czech crowns and uh, we, 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 refu- uh, we refuse to pay this penalty and now we are just waiting what will happen. But the thing is that since the beginning, we, uh, we have some issues with the government. For example, in the Czech Republic, there is the system which is called EET, which means Electronic Evidence of Transaction. In Czech Republic, when you go to, to the bar or to the restaurants or to, uh, to the shop, and you buy, for example, one beer and some meal, uh, this information information is now immediately sent to the Czech check tax office. So basically, check Czech tax office has complete up-to-date information about all financial transactions of all people at the, the given time. Um, uh, so it's basically like a total financial uh, surveillance. And because this financial surveillance, is against our uh, like a like ideology or against our initial thoughts. We decided as a para as a police to be the first and the only organization in the Czech Republic, which publicly boycott and and refuse this EET, uh ET system or this uh, ET law. So so so. F- This is quite interesting and quite unique. That in Czech Republic, a lot of people, they from Czech Republic, they visit uh, paramilitary police just to just to check that yeah, there is like a real organization that really exists that was still not killed by the government, uh, which completely uh, which completely ignores uh, these financial surveillance uh, laws.
0: So, do you have any sort of legal status, or are you just? a gathering of people who get together and do stuff.
1: We have, like, a lot like, we have some, uh, like, internal lawyers, for example. We have, like, our own people uh, who are willing to fight with the government. But, and the thing is that uh, our goal is just to, our goal is just to use these, uh, like, uh, scandals or legal, legal conflicts with the government to make our PR. And so, because... It, like this advertising or this PR is usually more valuable for us and the uh, uh, final penalty we have to pay, you know. So it makes sense from the adver- advertising
0: point of view. <laughs> I've asked specifically these questions because I'm pretty sure that in my country, if I tried to do something similar, I would get arrested in like one week or something.
1: Yeah. Uh, also in Slovakia, also in the most countries, but the Czech Republic is pretty unique. Especially because uh, maybe you should know that Parallel Policy is the project which was created uh, by uh, by artist contemporary artistic group uh, uh, with the name Stohove. and this group is quite famous. in uh, is a controversial group and it's anti-government group, and it's very famous in Czech Republic for the last 15 years probably. And um, the thing is that um, that uh, like Czech government basically or Czech state, they basically started to tolerate the project of this artistic group um, just because um, otherwise many people would criticize uh, the government for censorship, for example, or you know non-democratic practices and anything. So to be sincere, we have some like special like now Parani because it's a project of Stoholm, this contemporary artistic group, now we have a how to say, maybe some kind of special protection, you know. So we can do things that probably many other organizations cannot. Uh, so 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 yeah. Just because of this history of artists And we can still say that this is like an artistic project, you know? So, yeah, I don't know what is the situation in Romania, but for example, in the Czech Republic, artists, they have some kind of political immunity when they want to express their opinions, for example.
0: Yeah, we don't really have that. If an artist tries to express opinions, they have to stay within a very narrow scope. Mm-hmm. And if they're anti-governmental and stuff like that, it's very likely that you'll run into trouble. And it doesn't even have to be illegal. They can just make sure that you don't get any more concerts or venues where you can expose your art and stuff like that. They can politically phase you out if they want.
1: Yeah, this is unfortunately the sad reality of most uh, like Eastern European or Central European countries. But the Czech Republic is is an exception. It, I mean, um, like it's the government is really tolerant, um, especially to expression of uh, like artists, many artists, and uh, thanks to this uh, liberal atmosphere in the Czech Republic, uh, a lot of projects, like for example, Paralympolis, uh, are possible. So, I can I can tell you that. For example, uh, situation in Slovakia is pretty, pretty same like like in Romania. Like we would end up in jail, for example, for something we do now in the Czech Republic.
0: It's kind of mind blowing because it used to be the same country until nineteen ninety three. So culturally, I think you have a lot in common, but the regimes have chosen to treat expression in different ways.
1: I think it, uh, it's. There is like a historical background because Slovakia is mostly Catholic country. Like, eighty percent of the population of Slovakia are Catholics. So, so like, uh, uh, Slovaks uh, are quite conservative. For example, uh, we can see, for example, that in Slo- Slovakia is strictly against, like, for example, gay marriages or drug uh, decriminalization, or you know, all all of these things. On the other hand, for example, the Czech Republic. Um, There is no like a significant um, influence of any church. Like eighty, I think eighty percent of uh, Czech people are atheist. You know, non-religious, non-religious people, and uh, so it also means that the society is probably more tolerant. Uh, So, like, uh, it's quite the society is quite LGBT friendly. Uh, Also, like. For example, in the Sugar Republic, all drugs are decriminalized, even hard drugs. You can have some hard drugs for your own possession, and it's it's not a criminal act; it's just a penalty. So, just offend, you know. Uh, so, I think um, this is caused by the uh, different mentality, liberal and conservative mentality.
0: I guess it also comes from a different history because. Your lands used to be known as Bohemia, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Czech Republic, the the name of the Czech Republic uh, is one of the many names, uh, is Bohemia or Czechia. But Bohemia means that, like, a lot of things uh, were tolerated
0: here. Okay. So if you go to Europe and you have this sort of Euro trip, I suppose the Czech Republic is quite the place to be. Even if you watched, I think it was the last season of Breaking Bad, the fifth or something, there was like a plot about delivering Walter White's stuff to the Czech Republic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like for example, um, uh, last weekend I met... A lot of families from Sweden, so there is like a strong, quite big Swedish uh, expert community. Uh, people, a lot of people that decided to leave Sweden because, uh, for example, in Sweden they cannot homeschool their children, uh, so decided to move to the Czech Republic because Czech Republic is, for example, homeschool friendly, significantly significantly cheaper than Sweden. So, so, so. Last week I was so surprised like how many Swedish families they moved from Sweden to to Prague to the Czech Republic. So big surprise for me, but it's happening.
0: Yeah, but objectively speaking, Sweden kind of sucks. They have a terrible weather, they have a socialist government. Yeah. yeah. I I had a scholarship there for six months and honestly I would only return on vacation during the summer, but otherwise I don't find anything really appealing in that country.
1: Yeah, like for example, for me, what was a big shock what these Swedish people told me that uh, there is like a gender agenda that uh, um, if you are like a teacher at the primary school or the secondary school, uh, you cannot use gender when you want to call children. So you can you cannot say she or he. You know, it's prohibited. So you can say say child for example instead of it. So. I couldn't believe that this is really happening somewhere, but I apparently, yes. So this is like a reality of um, the current Sweden, for example.
0: Uh, it wasn't like this when I was there in 2013. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I was using English, but we were saying he and she and there was, I don't think there was any political correctness going on. So it's incredible to find out how much has changed in less than one decade
1: yeah so so this happened like 10 years ago and i think 2 years ago they officially uh approved this gender law so for example uh i think it's even like prohibited by the law to be like to use sex uh when you when you want when you want to call someone
0: but you know i'm doing a phd which i'm about to drop out from possibly and it's interesting that if I were studying gender studies or something related to green politics and ecology or environmentalism, I think that's the name in English, mm-hmm. I would sh- I would be showering in money right now. They would just throw money at me and grants and all sorts of scholarships just to pursue this topic. But since I'm not doing that, nobody really cares because the state of academia right now encourages these types of studies, especially in Scandinavian countries. Yeah, that's true. But let's talk about Bitcoin because it's the Bitcoin takeover podcast. It's not the gender studies podcast or whatever. (laughs) So how did you get into Bitcoin? What was the thought process or the mindset that led you to this invention?
1: Like my technical background is I'm the ethical hacker. I mean, I'm the computer scientist uh, who is involved in IT security for the last 20 years. Uh, So, and I laugh and I use daily open source. I use my Linux for last 20 years. Uh, And um, Bitcoin, I think I I got to Bitcoin in 2010, you know, the beginning, because it was like, it was just an interesting project. And, and then with and then I t- attended the first Bitcoin conference in Prague and then I attended the second Bitcoin I mean second Bit, the, the world second Bitcoin conference in, in London organized by Amir Taki. And, and at this conference I met a lot of interesting people, including uh, for example Frank Brown, smuggler, Paul Rosenberg and all these people. And uh, at this conference, I also like a, probably at that the same time I uh, with my friends uh, we created hackerspaces. Uh We created a hackerspace in Bratislava. The name of hackerspace was Progress Bar. Unfortunately, it does not exist anymore because of pandemic. And also, uh, then we decided to create hackerspace in, in uh, Prague, Prague in Polis. So uh, yes, yeah, so I'm in touch. With with these Bitcoin pioneers uh, since since beginning, probably. And because of these uh, contacts, uh, we could afford to have high-quality speakers uh, at HTTP conferences, even like seven years ago. Um, so I think the website of HTTP conferences, uh, the, the previous versions are still available. <clears throat> uh, we invited, for example, Lynn Ulbricht, uh, and it was like a first or second HTPP Congress, for example, the mother of Lord Roswell, the guy behind Silk, Silk Road Market. Uh, two years ago, uh, we invited like these cool cypherpunkers like Timothy Sime, who created this cypherpunk, uh, who, who wrote this uh, Krypton Orchistic Manifesto in 1992. And he was one of the cypherpunks, unfortunately, he's dead now. And also, like two years ago, we invited, for example, Nassim Taleb, uh, which is one of the greatest philosophers in these days. Uh, yeah, so, so every year we are trying to attract a lot of speakers from, uh, top speakers from, from, from many countries. And that, that's my personal history, and no, it's also the HTPP history at the same time.
0: Yeah, so you can see that you have skin in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, Paul Rosenberg is going to be present as a speaker at the conference, which takes place this weekend. He's the co-founder of Crypto Hippie and author of the Free Man's Perspective newsletter. Um,
1: Unfortunately, not. For the first time after that, so he he was here physically every year. But this year, it is impossible for american citizen to travel uh, to european union without special government permit and unfortunately we were not able to get this crazy government per, uh, permission from, for him so for the first time in the history of acbp this year he will have only online presentation so he won't be here physically unfortunately but I strongly recommend you to to watch his presentation because I, I each each his, each his presentation is super interesting and and full of information.
0: Yeah, you scared me for a minute there because uh, I thought you'd say that he's not going to do his presentation, but he will not be present in person, yeah. but he will oh, still have his live stream. Like, like Paul Rosenberg is a must
1: every year. So. <laughs> I, I I would call him our regular speakers because he's also like these regular speakers, they also help us with the organization. For example, they help us to choose the other interesting speakers. So we have a committee of uh, committee, http committee, like multiple people. And uh, every week we we, we we meet and we are choosing potential um, Best speakers for HAP Congress. For example, Smuggler from Germany, he's also the uh, member of this program committee.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to see how many people you can get together under the umbrella of having this state of mind because it's not a state which is recognized by all of the world powers, yeah. but you still have a parallel state which exists and. Mentally, I suppose you are not part of the Czech Republic or Slovakia or any other country which physically yeah. exists with territories on this planet.
1: Yeah, so so we try to be a, like a real competition for the, the Czech Republic. I know that they probably the government Czech government probably does not uh, is is not ever of this fact very well. But the thing is that, for example. Uh, we accept crypto, our own money, like crypto only, for example. Um, we we help we are helping a lot of parallel communities, like for example homeschoolers or unschoolers here, to have a lot of meetups. Um, we promote free markets, so we do we so, so basically we are some kind of umbrella. You mentioned, it, yeah, umbrella or maybe some kind of framework for. Uh, for many uh, freedom organizations where they can meet. And we help these organizations to achieve their goals.
0: Yeah, that's admirable. And it's really nice that you get to do it somewhere in Europe because it's not getting any more liberal anywhere. We're only going to have more restrictions. Yeah. They're going to crack down on a lot of liberties that we currently enjoy and i have no idea where this is heading because it seems like countries purposely ignore their constitutions which were designed to grant you privacy to grant you freedom of movement freedom of association freedom of gathering and all of that stuff it's just vanishing as we speak and they say it's in the name of safety in the name of public health and they're going to find lots of reasons but we have no guarantee that after this pandemic is over, we will get our rights back. And that's the most frightening part. Yeah, unfortunately, this is really happening and we are completely
1: aware of this. Uh, so, 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 for example, in Parallel Police, we do not believe in a political change. So, so we think that instead of uh, like political change, we should um, invest in a building pro-society, I help people to switch from uh, to parallel society, uh, so that's what 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 makes sense for us. So we don't we don't believe in voting or elections, or we are just uh, think that uh, we should care about the same-minded or similar-minded people, and we should help these people to achieve a lot of personal and economic freedom. Well, that's that's the the meaning of parallel society.
0: I remember a tweet by Roman from Huddle Huddle, who is also a co-organizer of the Honey Badger conference in Riga. And last year he tweeted that some members of free letter agencies, so secret police, were present at the conference and he was very much aware that they were there and they were watching to see what's going on and he mentioned that it's all fine because they realize that it's a peaceful gathering of people and even though they say we're going to overthrow the governments and we're going to replace your fiat money with this digital cryptographic currency which is called bitcoin they just leave them alone for the time being what is it like in the czech republic do you get these secret police people just Coming in to see what's going on.
1: Yeah, I'm more than sure that uh, like HPP Congress is under inspection of uh, these three light agencies, and not, not not only local ones like the Czech or Slovak one. I think there are three agent, uh, uh, three light agents from the US, UK, and many and many other countries. We used to make jokes that at least they uh, at least. They, they they buy tickets and they support us <laughs> uh so so but the thing is that yeah yeah i i definitely count uh, on the fact that they are they are at this conference but you know like we, we this is like a public conference so there is no way how we can eliminate these kind of this kind of people and um and we are Good people. We, we just want to have a free life, you know. Like nothing bad. And like we don't want to hurt. Uh, like we don't want to hurt any other people.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. Plus, they pay the ticket, and they might learn something new. So it's not like they come for nothing. Yeah. 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 Maybe they can quit their jobs and you know join.
1: <laughs> Maybe <laughs> yeah, there is uh, there is one German organization. Uh, I can't remember the name, but this German organization they are they are trying to uh, uh, to target uh, employees of these letters organization to leave their jobs to exit their job. Intel Exit is the name of this organization or the project. It's called Intel Exit, like Intelligence Exit. Uh, So they are trying to persuade uh, employees of these three letters uh, organization that they should do something useful instead of spying people, you know. (laughs) So you should definitely check this project, Intel Exit.
0: Yeah, but how can you ever be sure that they actually exit? Because uh, I know that they retire very early, like in Romania they retire at 40 or something and after that they start their own businesses because they receive some money and they are essentially informers they will spend the rest of their lives living prosperously but they will still hand out information about what's going on
1: yeah unfortunately this is also happening in slovakia i'm not sure the situation in the czech republic but uh, yeah, the, the ex employees of these like uh, secret agencies they have like a very successful like information gathering companies, so these just fact, yeah.
0: So, what is the vision for this event? How do you want it to proceed? How do you want people to be during this pandemic? Do you want them to be cheerful? Do you want them to be optimistic and transmit this feeling that they're they're in the mood to promote some crypto anarchy ideas? Or do you want them to be alarmistic and tell people, you know, we're in a very terrible situation. It's time for us to learn how to use these weapons that we have, which are open sourced and which are totally free and which you can find online, and you can use them to protect your privacy and defend yourself against governments that become more authoritarian.
1: We want to send a message to all people that, despite the fact that uh, we are in a pandemic situation, uh, despite the fact that there are a lot of, I hope, temporary uh, regulation and intervention to, to our privacy, it still makes sense to fight uh, like a fight totalitarian state and look for freedom and or at, at least keep, uh, preserve or keep our freedom. And that's the message we would like to uh, spread during this Congress.
0: Yeah, it's also interesting that you don't tell people why they should use something. If they watch the seminar or the workshop and they learn how to use the hardware wallet or how to buy bitcoins, they most likely know why they need to do that. Yeah. It's the wrong business. It's not like you prepare people for a specific purpose. You just give them the tools that they can use for whatever they need in their lives. Exactly. exactly. I guess that's a big distinction between uh, an education institution, but you're not really an institution. You're like an education ad hoc organization And some sort of, you know, centralized cult or I don't know, we get called a cult a lot. And I can understand why if you check Twitter, people speak just like, you know, everyone talks the same and uses the same references and reads the same books and listens to the same podcasts. Usually not this one, but, you know, it's kind of scary sometimes. I can imagine. <laughs> what was it like you said you got involved in 2010 and you went to the first Bitcoin conferences in the world and what was it like at the time as opposed to what it's like now?
1: Yeah <laughs> it was uh, it took place in Prague so as I know the first Bitcoin conference was uh, in Prague and it was pretty funny because uh, some uh, like speakers, Presented their, uh, the, the the first version of a smartphone wallet, like a Bitcoin wallet, and uh, he asked audience to uh, send some testing coins, and the and the people in the in the room uh, in the hall, they were just sending one Bitcoin, two Bitcoins, you know, like <laughs> just like a testing coins, <laughs> and because it didn't have any value, you know, like <laughs> so this is like really bad funny situation that this guy. Who who just uh, who showed his QR code at the presentation and received like a, a lot of bitcoins, you know, in a few minutes like a testing coin. <laughs> so and this is like a one funny story from the first Bitcoin conference.
0: I mean, a lot of people were giving away bitcoins at the time just because spreading them around gave them more economic value and made the ownership much more decentralized if the miners only kept the bitcoins for themselves we wouldn't have this market today it's what it takes to develop acceptance of a currency also gavin and recent had that what's it called you know when you could receive some free bitcoins every five minutes or something a faucet Mm
1: -hmm. faucet yeah or like a like a crypto fountain it's called yeah So
0: I mean, I, I wish I was around at the time, and I wish, <laughs> but I I don't think if I was around at the time I would have kept any bitcoins because
1: yeah, but it should be ever that yeah. For example, I was there at that time, but it doesn't mean that I I uh, save any bitcoins. You know, like <laughs> I spent almost all of them. You know, because it was just a tes- testing coins. You know, like testing coins are for tests. So 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 um, it should be ever that people in two thousand ten. They, um uh, they didn't have these uh, like a hodler ho- 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 hodl mentality <laughs> like they have now you know like,
0: because yeah but at the time there was no way to predict that this would happen i mean you could imagine it but people would say you know you're i think you're high or something if you think that 10 years from now we're going to have so who's the latest famous person to get into it there was that Michael Saylor guy from MicroStrategy who bought like half a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin and also JK Rowling tweeted about Bitcoin and who else famous is into Bitcoin. Akon, the singer, he used to be big like 10 years ago. If you're telling people, you know, Akon is going to get into Bitcoin, they would be like, what? He doesn't need Bitcoin. He's a millionaire. He's so successful. Look at him now and 50 Cent who sold his album for Bitcoins. And you you had a rapper, what's his name? He wrote a song that's actually called Bitcoin. It's really terrible. But it's there. It's part of our culture. You could not predict this 10 years ago. It was just like this currency that's nice because it's decentralized. You can use it to purchase stuff without using government money, without being tracked. I guess it was more like cypherpunk money at the time than it was Austrian economic money, as it perceived right now.
1: Yeah, we played with that, you know. Like nobody, nobody, nobody took it like seriously, you know. Like that's, uh, we didn't have like hardware wallets, wallets, you know. Like a, we used like a, some kind of temporary wallets, and we didn't care about the like passphrases or passwords to these wallets. You know why? It didn't, it didn't have any value, you know. <laughs> so it was just a big test.
0: I think it's very similar to how people use Custodial Lightning wallets nowadays. They use them to keep like 50,000 Satoshis. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like $5, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So they're going to say, yeah, this is not much. This is just for playing purposes, to buy stickers online and whatever you can buy with five bucks so ten years from now they might also regret and say, "Oh no, Bitcoin is one million, and if I kept that amount, I would have had." If so, if, if it's five bucks at ten thousand at one million, it's one hundred x, so that's five hundred dollars. So no, it's not much really, but it's still something. Yeah, we'll
1: see. We'll see. <laughs>
0: So I know that you also have another interview after this, and it's, I think it's a test to make sure that the live streaming function works for, for the conference which takes place this weekend. And I don't want to hold you any longer. So do you have any closing words about the conference, about your own work, about anything?
1: Maybe it's that it would be my pleasure to invite you all to HTTP Congress uh, this year for the first time. Uh, Online version, and um, I hope we'll be able to meet each other next year physically in Berlin, I really hope that this COVID pandemic uh, will end in one year. Uh, So everybody's invited, and and then just enjoy the presentation and and stay strong. Yeah, (laughs) take care.
0: Yeah, so there are going to be lots of cool guests who talk about all sorts of interest, internet topics that are interesting. It doesn't necessarily revolve around Bitcoin, but Bitcoin is the, the kind of digital money that people use when they're interested in acquiring sovereignty from the government. And you can actually pay your ticket in Bitcoin if you want to. It costs the equivalent of 60 euro, which I'm not sure how much that means in satoshis i would have to do the conversion it would be like five hundred thousand satoshis possibly i think
1: possibly, yeah <laughs> yeah you're you're perfect if you're able to count everything in satoshi because i'm <laughs> i'm still in bitcoin on satoshi
0: <laughs> i mean i'm terrible at saying 0. 0.0005 bitcoin <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. but yeah i, I know that 100,000 Satoshis.
1: And we also accept like Bitcoin Lightning. So that's, that's a cool thing. Uh, uh, yesterday I tested uh, like a Phoenix uh, wallet, which is super cool. I really like it. It's probably the most easy Lightning wallet I have ever used. So uh, it's also the way how you can easily uh, transfer your Bitcoins to Lightning uh, uh, just in a few minutes. So I strongly recommend it to, to this application and save Bitcoin
0: fees. Yeah, Lightning is really something else in terms of speed, in terms of privacy, in terms of low fees, scalability. It's just incredible. Too bad that there is no incentive to switch to Lightning just yet because you have days when the mempool is empty and you can do on-chain transactions for one Satoshi per byte. But we're getting there. and. It's it's always, you know, it sucks to see that it didn't reach the scale that we were expecting possibly last year when we had the lightning conference in Berlin and everyone thought that by this time we would have so much more development and so much stuff going on. It's not yet. I hate it when people point out that there are lots of Bitcoins on Ethereum because you cannot actually move Bitcoins on Ethereum. They are tokens issued by a central party.
1: Okay, so um, I have to go. So thanks a lot for your invitation. Uh, uh, So thanks for watching this uh, great interview. And I hope you'll see at least virtually at the Http conference. So thanks a lot for the invitation. Bye.
0: (laughs) Bye. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Bye-bye.